I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Episode 65 of Please Advise. I'm Malls. You guys, I'm just going to go straight into our guest today. His name's Ronnie Karam. He's from Watch What Crappens, a podcast Holler. that I love. Uh, it's, you guys, basically, it's you and Ben Mendelker. Mm-hmm. How do you say? Oh, you're, Mendelker, you, yeah. I've never, like, I don't, I'm so used to reading your last names, but also listen every week. So I don't know why I don't know how to say your last names. I think it's like my <laughs> brain does like a dyslexia delete over it. It's the same reason why it's like there's people that I work with and I've had long lasting professional relationships with and even social relationships who do not know how to pronounce my last name. I don't even know a lot of people's names. Like, you know your neighbor when <laughs> yeah. you say, hey, new neighbor, and I'm I'm, real, I'm that neighbor. You know, yeah. I'm like, hey, welcome to the building. I'm Ronnie. This is Bueller. We're right down the hall, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then I'll never remember their name. And years pass. I'm like, who's that bitch? I'm I'll always like, just Hi. like, hey, girl. Yeah. Yeah, I do a lot of hey, girls. And I'm becoming like that older gay guy in the complex. He's like, what's up, girl? Oh. You know, they're like, oh, my wacky gay. <laughs> 
older gay guy, the gay with the neighbor. Dog. He doesn't yeah. know. He obviously doesn't know our names. So sad for him. So sad. Yeah. Do you hear him doing weird accents in his apartment alone all the time? <laughs> they do. Because he kind of has an, he kind do. of has an Australian accent. You go in and out of Australian accents because you're uh, so used to doing accents on the show. You were real housewife of Melbourne fan. Melbourne. And I never watched that one. It you, has an you're Austin actually Powers really lucky. Quality too. <laughs> uh, what quality? Your impression has almost an Austin Powers quality too. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not. None of the impressions are good <laughs> or real. No, it just has like a when sexiness to, the, to like that Austin Powers cheesy sexiness to it. Because <laughs> I had to start doing the manly version because we weren't even talking about the housewives, and I'm just like, hello there. I'd walk around like you're an insignificant ass here. People are like, what are you even talking? Talking about, you know, like that idiot who's making references no one gets. Yeah, no, I know. I can't no. let go. I hate my own personality. I just like being other people. Well, I don't hate it, but like I hate hearing myself. I like just being other. That's good that you can escape into character as opposed to like drugs. He's <laughs> not like, both. I'm going to do crystal meth for like three Well, yeah, weeks. not crystal meth. No, that's too. I that have really a food addiction. That's out. one and up. The crystal meth interferes with my food addiction. So like I can't eat as much on crystal meth. I can't be doing that. What now? We, we were talking about. Whole Foods quite a bit before you. This is why I said, like, let's just get into this. Because we were kept talking about Whole Foods. We talked about how – I talked about how last night I went to Whole Foods. And I didn't know what to do. I was, like, I kept getting dressed and then, like, and, and like walking out the door with my purse, getting to my car and being, like, I don't know where I'm going. And then going back up to my place. And so I did this for about an hour. Kept putting on my pajamas and then putting on clothes, okay? <laughs> then finally, in my pajamas, I go down to my car for the final time. I get in it, and I just let God drive me to Whole Foods. <laughs> and then I walk around for two hours, like, as if it was an activity. And I guess, to be honest, it's not, not an activity. And I got, like, only, like, six things, which I was pretty proud of. Consider, you know, That's good in Whole Foods, because when you get like that, you can go to that soap section where yeah. there's, like, $20 soap that's made out of soap. They I was act like staring at it forever. I couldn't figure it out. I was like, well, first of all, I don't understand those like raw slabs. Like, what is that? So where is that supposed to go? I know. I don't. Is like that when for my bathtub? Like, Look, it's rustic. I'm like, no, that's called you put no effort into this soap. Okay, fuck right. you. You're charging twenty dollars and you're not going to shape a soap. You just broke up. You broke apart a long bar that you made. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. And also the sizes are different too. So it's like some 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 bitch is getting a huge piece of soap for the same seven dollars as me and my little sliver. Yeah, well, those are the poor people soaps. They're like if you spend a little more, you can have this giant piece of misshapen soap. Oh, is it like, is it cheaper, price per but pound? But then you've got this big hunk of soap that just gets soggy in your shower anyway. What the fuck's the point? Yeah, I I'm unclear on like. Does it go on the? Because I don't like to share a bar of soap with strangers. No, like when never I don't like do to go that. to someone's you house. You have to like take off a whole layer. It's like hurting the soap caves or whatever. I they always, make soap. even with people I love, I always let the bar of soap run under for a minute because I'm like, I don't know if the last place you hit on your body with this piece of soap was your ass. <laughs> like, totally. I, do you judge people if they don't have like a washcloth or like a loofah or something in there? Um, no, because I don't know what. I, well, first of all, I can be pretty aggressive with my own hands. There's that. Um, I also think loofahs can be kind of dirty. So I'm not like really like, oh, you've got oh, your you life figured out. You've got first. a loofah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't envy a loofah person. Yeah. I also think nothing can be more disgusting than those sponges. Like when I see like those sponges. sponges don't do whatever. Don't, don't do ever it. do a sponge. That's like a waiting to have. That's like um, 
people who go into hot tubs and then come out with strange rashes. It's whatever yes. lives in a sponge. I got Legionnaire's that, disease yes. from doing my dishes. At the, that wasn't that the thing that was going around at the Playboy Mansion? People were getting like Legionnaire's disease. In Probably the hot tub. some like what crazy old timey <laughs> shit. Yeah, I know you're growing scales and, shit. and shit. Have you ever been to the Playboy Mansion? No, I've just passed by it before. I was catering a party down the street a few years ago, and I was passing by it, and it was just. As stereotypical and stupid as you would think. I mean, you couldn't see it because there's like a huge wall around it. Yeah. Just the people going in. I was like, how are these bitches not tipping over? They look crazy and their boobs, you know, are out to here. And they're in these weird, like, it's like Ross dresses, but tailored. It's almost like they'll buy a Laura Ashley dress, but then get that shit tailored like a whore or whatever. Yeah. Like a whore tailor. I don't know how that works, but. It was crazy. Instagram and it's boutique quality shit. Uh-huh, yeah. Instagram boutiques break my heart. I was looking through one today and every dress was worse than the last. And I was like, oh, Wait, the effort. You're, okay. I smiled and nodded because that's what I do when I don't understand oh, things. No, okay. So but like, what basically, is an Instagram like, boutique? Okay, so basically like if you... If you have, if your dad has twenty thousand dollars, he can lend you five thousand, and you can order some clothes, <laughs> and then you can sell them on Instagram with your friends modeling them, and they're all just like really cheap. Wait, it's are they just, making the clothes, or are they just no, selling shit that like, they bought and models? It's like you know those like stores that like you know when you walk down. Um, you know when you walk down Melrose Boulevard and you see the same dress in the in the window of three stores? Yeah. Whore it's dress. like yeah, it's like from those they buy like they go to the whore dress the I love a whore dress. sale thing and they get like a bunch of they get like, you know, 200 maroon whore dresses and then they sell them. <laughs> they sell them. Oh, That's all some one size only. Right there. One you know size they only. do that, right? Have you heard us talk about that? I no. was so fascinated because the housewives, Vicky Gumbelson is one of the biggest. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, who cares? She's one of the biggest ones who does this. But she'll wear something because you can't wear the same thing on TV. Oh, so resell. they start selling them on eBay. And then if you read the reviews, they're so good. People are like, this smells like B.O. <gasps> and there's a, you know, there's a poop stain or whatever it is. Oh, my know? God. You know that. You know that they're <laughs> sending out dresses with like period stains and yeah. shit on them. But like, <laughs> like wine splash clothing yeah because they're like exactly. she'll be happy to have it um no you know who, who does that um lexi manzo dina's daughter oh really Lexi, my favorite person yeah what? how come she's your favorite i just think they're so cute together and i think lexi's always been really funny and i think she's just like since she's like an 11 year old girl has like has just had a personality that's like done an excellent job of shining through for the very yeah. little that she's shown and she always comes across as cute and funny. And dealing with such an extreme, like, surrounding all the women around you are nuts. And she seems pretty, like, right. level-headed, right? Well, she gives her mom advice and stuff in the car. There's Ashley, who's Jacqueline's daughter, who's a goddamn mess. Oh, yeah. Ashley's, yeah. And I then mean, every everybody else. So there's one <laughs> way that could have gone, you know? And then, then, then there's Lexi, who's just, like, she goes to, I think she goes to, like, NYU or something. She has a boyfriend of many years. Like, she's like a normal girl. I know, but Dina versus Jacqueline is your mother. Could you imagine? Oh, my God. Jacqueline. I can't handle Jacqueline. Me I feel neither. so bad, too, because I was watching a rerun of uh, season six or something yesterday, and seeing her deal with her autistic son was so sad because she was so calm and patient with him but also i just fundamentally don't respect a lot of her life choices so it made me 
fear for his uphill battle because she doesn't seem she hasn't always displayed the best decision making skills <laughs> but she seems to also be completely you, love you. dedicated You're so nice uh, <laughs> because you know the barrage of shit that's about to come out of my mouth right now <laughs> No, it's all. <laughs> you're just so not cynical, and I I'm love very that. Cynical, but, but about stuff like this, yeah. Whenever we talk about the house, which is pretty much all we've talked about, <laughs> uh, when we talk about, talk about that about stuff, anyway. you're you have a big heart for those people, and I kind of do too. Like I don't automatically hate them, but I see the worst. Like I saw that as Jacqueline taking her autistic son and then just totally milking it and using it for TV right, and retweeting right. and using it for her business. Cause they were broke and telling people that that black water helps cure autism. There's right. mineral- I mean, that's just so gross to me. Right. So whenever they showed those scenes of her and she's like, he touched the iPad. It's like he accidentally, like, <laughs> he was trying to hit her and he accidentally, like, opened the mail. And she's, like, <laughs> going on Twitter and throwing a fucking parade. I'm like, shut up, Jacqueline. Do something with your life and stop using your child. Here's the, you're, I agree with that. You're right. Well, there's a, obviously a sinister level to all of this that mm-hmm. I, I always forget where it's just, like, especially, like, the Jill Zarin of it all where it's just, like, she's so sinister. Um, and, like, is obviously, like, she just would throw anyone under the bus um, to further herself. But I, I never want the editors to be smarter than me. And so I always try to read through the lines, yeah. like about what might be going on. Like I, cause I am aware of how those things are edited and what probably actually happened. And, yeah. you know, when so-and-so is getting blown off on a date, they most likely weren't blown off as much as the producers conveniently didn't tell the other person that like, I mean, they don't, none of those people set up those things themselves. They're told what to, where to go yeah, by the there's producer. There's a fucking call sheet. Yeah. And there's like 20 camera people around you and big, big vans outside. Someone said, you know. um, those, uh, like when you walk, like those, um, just we're walking up to the front door of the restaurant scenes that they always do. Like the three seconds of uh-huh. like, you know, Stassi and um, Katie walking into a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Those apparently take like 15 minutes. That's not bad, actually. Like, I know, but it's still crazy to me that, that they can't. Like, okay, we're ready. Walk in. Walk. How many takes? Walk. Yeah. It's like probably like obviously camera issues and stuff. And I think that that show aims to be aesthetically pleasing in some capacity. But. Um, well, it's like the hills when they would have a helicopter shot coming it's like coming <laughs> over the hills and, and Lauren's like at the pool down. <laughs> and then Heidi just happens to come out at the right time onto the welcome mat like, yeah come on Lauren How long did and that a, yeah Lauren and Heidi have been at the pool since five o'clock in the morning to get that shot it's now it's now 3 p.m they're losing daylight like <laughs> they've used all the helicopter fuel that was in their budget and they're now leaking into like the rat party budget um yes. Um, I've never seen The Hills, so I have no point of reference. Oh, it's just, just it's kind of like Housewives with Teenagers, basically. Well, it was. Now it's did. It's, Lauren moved to L.A. The the Hills premiered the week I moved to L.A. So my experience in L.A. always felt like it was slightly mirroring The Hills. Like, I remember being like, this is really fucking freaky. Mm -hmm. Like, can they please? Like, because I remember, like, I got my first big job, like, when Lauren got her first big job and, like, um, yeah, like it was like she started a People's Revolution, and like I got my first big title bump. And like, Ooh, did you so, have that lady who yelled at you like she used to have? I did not have, have Kelly what was Catron. that lady's name? Kelly Catron. Kelly Catron. Uh, yeah. Loved uh, her. It's like, but- cry outside. <laughs> you idiot. You're going to cry? You stupid. When Do it she outside. fired stuff, or when she made Lauren fire Stephanie. That's so Brutal. good. So um, good. But so, okay, so we'll just <laughs> take a break because I know we can do this all day. Um, mm. 
Why are three reasons that you're qualified to give advice on Please Advise Day? Qualifying. Okay. I've listened to Dr. Laura for years. And actually, I was listening to you, so I know that you already talked about Dr. Laura, so we don't have to go there. Okay. But I've learned my judgmental evil advice from a good place, from a now, very judgmental evil bitch. As a gay man, how do like how do you justify the Dr. Laura doll? Because I, I mean, I think she's incredibly offensive, but she also doesn't outwardly attack me. Other than um, I guess I always felt like. Well, I mean, she does if you don't personalize it, but she attacks your lifestyle all the time. I mean, right. you she bone does. people. Like right. You've had sex with people you're not married and, uh, to. Uh, yeah, I remember when I was a kid being really sad because I was from a single parent home and I loved Dr. Laura. And when parents would call, it'd be like, she wouldn't approve of my existence. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'd be sad about that. But Aww. no, but not really. But like, yeah. you know, it'd be probably the same way anyone else feels when she's when they're like, you know, can't get married. Like you can't you get be defensive. a human. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that even on our like silly Bravo show because they have serious issues that come up. Like you have to give your a real opinion. And then suddenly people will get so hurt over something that I would think is inconsequential. But, I mean, compared to everything else we say, like, we're right. rude, you know? We're rude right. for fun. Like, it's But sport. you're actually not that rude. And I would say even very sensitive to certain subjects. Like, I legitimately asked Ben the other day. I was like, I was like, you're sober, right? And he was like, no. And I just assumed because he always discusses addiction with such a sensitive lens that, like, I assumed that he must be sober himself. He's so a very sensitive person ben yeah i mean i so i think that there are certain issues that you do a good job of you both do a good job of um saying like of course this is terrible but i mean like look if you if if you if it wouldn't be on television if it was so bad you weren't supposed to talk about it yeah yeah well it's just that some people will take something personal so like when we're talking about addiction well i'm from a family of addiction and i'm you know lucky to not be in a hospital. Right, <laughs> right, right. My addictions luckily have been easy, you yeah. know, like smoking or which will probably kill me or food addiction, which could kill me. But it's not. I don't know. We fully That's call such an that out here, thing though. To do, by the way, we're what? like we full, fully call that out here, though. We're like you're making this about yourself. Like people we've had people yes. like fully come back to us and be like, why did you do this? Like, why did you say that? And it's like, it really has nothing to do with the fact that you were uncomfortable with the circumstances you lost your virginity under. Yes, like, exactly. That's, yes. that's not why we answered that. Yeah, because some of our opinions, they do come from personal, well, any, all of our opinions, everybody, your opinions come from your own experience and hurt, you know? So if I'm pissed about something from my childhood, it will come out on a housewife. Right. And I love it. Have you I love it this, for that. Have you heard of this like um, Truman Show thing that a lot of people, I guess like they're seeing more and more of it, but they're like calling it like Truman Show syndrome basically where people believe that people have been going into psychiatric places and like going into hospitals and talking to therapists and saying like I know like I know you know this but my entire life is being filmed like they genuinely believe themselves to be on a on a reality show and like the sky is a camera and like they are the <laughs> yeah. star of it and well, the they entire kind of world are. I mean it's sure. weird like you are the thing I think people have trouble with is that no one gives a fuck about your show. Right. You know? Like, you still have to compete. Like, you right. still have to get ratings. Right. Like, no one's liking your Instagram. SARS, but your show sucks. Yes, like, yes, what do you yes. want me to say? Very true. But Very it is kind of true. I mean, there's cameras everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's very true. They'll in a way, I guess we are all on the Truman Show. We are. And it's just that no one cares to watch it. You know, we could all be arrested. I mean, for shit that's on my computer, my God. I mean, just even simple, like, little porn things. It's like children touching themselves, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> you know, those things I do outside the 
outside of the playroom, you know, or outside of the side of the playground with my camera. It's so weird how people get upset. It's not about you. I know. It's, it's my not hobby. about you. Stop personalizing my hobby, all right? I didn't rape anybody physically. So what if I want to watch you pee? So what if I want to watch you and your kids pee? It's my life. All right. Don't judge me. Don't judge me for being someone who likes to watch children pee. I mean, that's where the world is now. Like, you're victimizing me. What did I? I'm not allowed to be. I'm not allowed to be who I am anymore. Like you're a child molester. Okay? All I want to no do is let, watch a small child urinate. <laughs> I get can't say that, that on TV. Why can't I watch a monkey urinate? I can watch a monkey throw poop at somebody, but I can't watch a kid do it. Brandy Glanville's son peeing on that lawn was the height of their eroticism, that character. Um, okay, so that's for her. All. That's what the trigger is. Like finally a stud on this show. Wow, they're they're finally getting some men on this show. Like, I hope he writes his name on that tree. Yeah. Okay, what's the next reason why? Um. Okay, so <clears throat> I have a lot. All my friends are girls, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, not all of them. That's not very sorry, gay people. I know they're not listening because they're not supportive like girls. Well, the girls probably aren't <laughs> listening either because they hear me enough. But as you well know, as women, uh-huh. um, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. True. And one of my favorite things in that book, which I read, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I still will not go out with somebody if they ask me that day, even if it's just my friend. Because I'm like, I know from a book that that's disrespectful. I so. agree. Um, I think same day dates are so rude. They're so rude. Yeah. So I learned from that book um, that men don't really speak in emotion as much as women do. And so Mm -hmm. I love to sit on the phone and go through everybody's relationships for hours and hours. I never have a relationship. I'm never in one. But I love to talk about them. So I kind of know everything about relationships from a non-personalized place. (laughs) Because it's like someone, like, I can tell you how to make the water in the pool clean, but I will never go into a pool. Does that make sense? Yeah, like well, there's directions. Like, you can be an astronomist and never go in space. That's true. Thank you. I'm an astronomer. Uh. I'm a, I'm a dickstronomer. <laughs> okay. Right. And then number three. Um, number three. Let me see. Well, I haven't murdered anybody yet. I think that's pretty good. I think everybody who hasn't killed anybody yet deserves a pat on the back. Um, that's but you true. don't know if you've killed you anybody guys? inside. Ooh. Well, you know, hopefully I have. But I'm one of those people who was bullied a lot when I was a kid because I right. was so effeminate. Wah, wah, wah. But it did make me learn to uh, look at the people that I most detest and learn how to kind of understand them and have empathy, even though I want them to die. Yes. Oh, I and understand you were like, why they're understand beating me them up. and then destroy them. <laughs> and then fuck them. Yeah. And then put all the pictures on Instagram and ruin their lives. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Revenge, that's why. Revenge. <laughs> Revenge. Okay, so I'm going to ask you three questions. Okay. Uh, one, what was the best part about growing up gay in Texas? I, my mother took me, they had me doing sports, sports, sports. And of course I was terrible. And uh, embarrassingly so, because I was like, fuck you. Like as an adult, I've taken that fuck you and learned how to smile through it. But yeah. as a kid, I was just like, human beings are disgusting. I want no part of this. Right. And I would just not take place or take part in anything except junior league meetings. Like my mom's junior league things. I'd be like, hey, girl. Like five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, finally, she took me to the children's musical theater place uh, 
what was it called? El Paso Playhouse at El Paso Playhouse. And I found my love of the theater. So I had, like, growing up in El Paso, all my friends were adults because I was always doing shows at yeah. the community theaters and stuff. Um, and that was awesome. Like, El Paso is really full of so many interesting, unique people. It's not all just, like, white, crazy Texan people. It's, like, very liberal because it's a border town. And there are very few white people, which, sorry, white people, but that part of me even annoys me. I'm like, shut up. Stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I loved it there, mostly because of musicals. Viva el Paso! Yeah. What was your biggest role in the community theater? Um, my biggest was when I played probably Jack in Into the Woods. Nice. Or in children's theater, I was Ming Lee in Ming Lee in the Magic Tree. Thank you. Thank you. Take a moment. Let that soak in. You played a small Asian boy? That's so cute. I have the eyes. I love it. I love it. Um, <clears throat> what's the most disgusting mess you've ever had in your own home? The most disgusting mess? Like physically? Yeah. Um, oh, my. That's so gross. That's such a gross question. Well, one time I got so drunk. That, and this has been years, so, and it was a different apartment. But uh, just in case I do decide to ever date, somebody <laughs> Googles. <laughs> uh, the biggest mess I've ever had was one time when I got really wasted, and I woke up the next day. And you know how you forget, well, I forget, to, that you're not supposed to drink a ton of water when you wake up, or you'll barf, especially if you go back to bed. Oh. Like, if you drink a lot of water and you go back to Is bed, it'll I make you barf. barf? You have to drink the water before you go to bed at night, and then you'll feel okay in the morning. But if you wake up and you're dehydrated and you drink a jug of water, well, I'm a caveman. I have right, like a caveman right. jug at all Why times. Why is that? I don't know. I think it's helping your body clean itself. Oh, I mean, who knows? Oh, that makes you're sense. Saying, before you go to bed, you drink the water. Yeah, take a couple aspirin and drink like a jug of water, and you'll yeah, feel fine. But the a lot next of morning, say if you don't do it, take aspirin when you've been drinking, because you'll that'll make you throw up. Oh, really? It's always been good for me. But anyway, one time I woke up and I forgot. And so I went to the bathroom to barf, but I had to poop at the same time. And I went poop uh, and barf at the same time. And so imagine how that went. I Not actually pretty. know a lot of people that have ha that's happened. It was too. disgusting. This is my thing, though. I've had a lot of people who puked into the toilet and then shit into something else. No. No. You shit, shit into the, the toilet. toilet and you oh. puke into the trash can. You do not shit in a trash can. I did both. <laughs> That's what's so gross. Like, I didn't know I was going to have to barf. Oh, and God. so, like, I opened, <laughs> I opened wide. And I'm not flexible. Like, I'm a big guy, you know. And I, like, had to, like, try and aim it. But you can't <laughs> aim it. Oh, it's terrible. It's like, no, I'm covered. And then I had to take a shower because yeah. you have to. And then I was drunk in the shower. And you know how you get the chills? Yeah. That was not good. Oh, no. But I did feel thin for a few days. That's good. I can thin. imagine that that's a very cleansing feeling. Um, <laughs> Thanks for asking. No, you're welcome. Good talk. Um, good talk. Number three. Um, <laughs> what's your biggest food guilty pleasure? I don't have any. I don't feel guilt. You don't feel guilt. I There's give it nothing up. That when you buy it, you're like, this is really like embarrassing that it's it's so gross. Well, I know that I'm about to go back into fat mode because I'm I'm a like a really bad food addict. And okay. so I go up and down in weight like a hundred pounds every few oh, wow. years. Like if you look at my Facebook, it looks crazy. Like my I'm like a like a skin accordion. I'm like brum, 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 yeah. brum, and I don't even see it. I have like reverse body dysmorphia where when I do gain a hundred pounds, I won't even really notice. I mean, right. except in my pants, but I'm like, oh, 
you know, it's normal. I'm bloated. It's like five sizes bloated. Right. So anyway, um, finally I just gave it up because so much of it was emotional. Right. That I was like, fuck this. So now I don't really have it. And if I binge, I do it and I have fun. But usually if I'm about to go back to binge town, it's with a Little Caesars $5 hot and ready. Oh, is that what? it? <laughs> yes. That's what starts With breadsticks. Oh, because yeah. Because you can roll the breadsticks up in there. And then you make like a little pizza burrito. Oh, that sounds so good. Do you use the sauce? No. Mm -mm. I like those sauces. The breadstick sauce at Little Caesars. I tried it once, but have you ever tried to order something on the menu that you've never eaten before? And it's just gross. It's always gross. I've only been when to you... Little Caesars as a child. No, no. I just mean oh. in general at restaurants. When oh, you go yeah. to the same Especially restaurant a lot. Pizza places. Mm -hmm. Because pizza places get two or three things right, maybe. Yeah. Hopefully People pizza. make fun. There are People make fun of me for always ordering a chicken sandwich or a mm. club or whatever. But if I order something else, it's gross. So my Little Caesars is a breadstick burrito. That's it. What's That's yours? Good. I'm curious. Uh, my embarrassing food, um, those little white powdered donuts. Oh. So yeah. you're well hydrated because you have to drink a lot of water and stuff. Yeah. Do you, but drink, I actually do, you do it with milk or water? Uh, milk or water. I mean, I don't really love like milk. Like I went kind of... um. I did I did um Muddy Buddies the other night and I got milk and I drank Muddy like, Buddies are so good that checks mix. Yeah, and I like ate it I ate oh Muddy Buddies God. like cereal. Like I'm so stoned and I just like I had to stop. I got Muddy Buddies once and it was I seriously felt it coursing through my body. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And I walked the dog, and I was getting high too. And I walked <laughs> the dog later and I was talking to some girl and I was like, why does that girl look at me like I'm crazy? And I came home and I had like shit all over my <laughs> face because I guess I had wiped my face with it. Mm -hmm. And so I stayed away from it. I need I need stoner safe foods. I can't be around things with powder on them. <laughs> have you ever had Oreos? Okay, put the Oreo in your mouth and then drink a gulp of water and then have the water dissolve the Oreo. No, but I was saying mouth. last week that oh I do that God. with Cheez-Its and Diet Coke <sighs> and, and everyone was like really grossed out by it. But it's the same thing. <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> so good. And uh, Cheetos and chocolate ice cream. <laughs> I'm just grossed out by a liquid and a solid in a mouth at the same time in general. It's someone. Else, it's because it's someone else's mouth and you don't want to hear about it. But yeah. if it was your mouth. Try no, the Oreo I thing. Don't, Try it. I don't have liquid in my mouth while I'm chewing something solid ever. It grosses me out. It is It is considered Try the Oreo very thing. poor you don't for digestion. It. You, put it like, you put it on the roof of your mouth, right? So it's sitting there flat. And then you drink the water and then you push up with your tongue. And so it forms on the roof of your mouth like this shell of Oreo. So you're not chewing it or anything. It becomes like a shake almost. Oh, try, try that. I'm going to about to change your life. Yeah. <laughs> See you at Weight Watchers. Just kidding. I'll call you in a couple months. Oh, my God. We all started on this podcast, and then I started drinking Speaking Oreos of, with fuck water. Oprah. Oprah, can you please leave something for What'd the rest of What'd she do? She bought 10% of Weight Watchers and made like $130 million in 24 oh, that hours. That bitch is fat. I know. That's why I quit Weight Watchers. My Weight Watchers coach was Janelle, and she was fat. I she, was like, bitch, please. I'm not listening to you. She's so smart, though, because... It's true. Like, women definitely identify with Oprah's weight struggle, even though it's not, like, in pop culture the way it was maybe even 10 years ago. Like, Oprah's weight struggle's always been a thing. And very much her unifying thing with, I think, a lot of her fans. And 
So it makes total sense for her to buy like whoever, whatever business person on her team told her to buy into Weight Watchers was genius. But what is she going to have now? So, you know, they're going to change it because Weight Watchers loves to fuck with your brain and change the point system. Uh, They'll yeah. be like, now you have to resubscribe because we redid the algebra like you only on the get point like system. It's like 20 O's here. a day. They're not points. Yeah. They're O's. Earn a point by eating some fruit. <laughs> like, shut up, Weight Watchers. Is that what you do? You eat fruit and then you. Um, yeah, if you have fruits or vegetables because. In America, we won't do that. We're like, no. Like, a normal diet is not does not really include vegetables if you don't That's live in That's pathetic California. that if they, if they tell you you have to, that, that you, if you eat vegetables, you can therefore, like, eat a cookie. That's what it is. Like, That's if you really eat the vegetable, sad. then you'll get a little more, you'll get some more points, and then, yeah, you can have a cookie or whatever. It's just more calories. Oh, I know. What's the theory that that vegetable fills to, you up? To have things in their body that's not just processed crap, but then all the stuff they sell is processed crap. That's right. All that it's Weight gross. Watchers food is like bars. I've had ton of it. covered bars. Or those French bread pizzas like, were my faves. It gives you a calorie range to stay in. and That's essential for people because a lot of people who are, you know, they don't have that knowledge. We don't like, understand Oh, you have calories. to have only side cal- Yeah. I did not understand calories were real. I mean, I knew what calories were. I'm not stupid. But I didn't think that whole thing made any sense. I was like, you count your calorie? I don't know. And I thought, oh, I'm stupid. But then my friend went on a diet and lost a bunch of weight. And I was yeah. telling her about my fitness pal. Because yeah. she would be like, ah, yeah, I've been on my diet. I just had a spoon of peanut butter and some, you know, like a health bar. I'm like, you ate a fucking, basically a Milky Way and fat. That's what you just ate. Count your calories. It's like, that's stupid. Peanut butter's healthy. (laughs) Count your calories. And then a couple months later, she's like, it's amazing. Calorie counting works. Yeah. Like, we don't know. It's so weird. It's really funny. It's like, people also think because they're shopping at Trader Joe's that it's like healthy. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm going to get this cookie butter and eat it. It's not. It's from Trader Joe's, so it's fine. Right, (laughs) exactly. By the way, cookie butter is the worst thing there's seven like there is easily 17 pounds in one jar of cookie butter <laughs> it's crazy so good. well the worst thing it's so good it's so good but when you're overweight so you don't understand the meaning of 1500 calories right especially because i was raised in weight watchers which tricks you like you don't have calories you have points so i didn't uh, really ever learn the whole calories thing so I mean, I sound so stupid saying that, but anyway, no, you don't. Once I actually, figured out I that they were real and they, and they worked, I was shocked at the amount that you actually need to eat in a day. It's nothing, okay? Skinny people, I really respect the the health culture. Well, it gets on my nerves, but the health culture here because at least these bitches aren't just skinny and hot, and that's it. They work yeah. so hard and they eat nothing, you know? Yeah, mostly. I live by the Whole Foods. I study. I study in line at the Whole Foods. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I Like, thankfully, I'm not attracted enough to grain that I'm, like, choking down quinoa as a substitute mm. for, like, rice because I love rice so much. Like, I don't. Like, yeah. thankfully, I don't like pasta. I don't like rice. So that shit's avoidable right off the bat. But, um, yeah, when it's I- just, I mean, look, the way that you were, I actually don't think it sounds stupid at all. And, in fact, I think it's very relatable because the way that like you're talking about not understanding the concept of calories for many years. Like I didn't understand the concept of energy. Like I didn't know what that feeling was when I didn't like someone or like why, like sometimes I was extra angry and I didn't know why it was because I had like no physical exercise in my life. The concept of energy eluded me for many years until I started like practicing uh, meditation once in a while. Yeah. Or like even just like having energy in your body, like, that energy was like something made up, like like a uh, 
like horoscopes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Energy. Like you're either born like with it or you're not. Yeah. Or like, or you either believe in it or you don't. Like I well, thought the law, of the, the law of attraction stuff, I always thought was so hilarious because that was a huge revelation, at least around where I was. Not a revelation. I guess I should say a revolution because mm-hmm. everyone was like, have you secreted? Yeah. You know, or they'll like secret the parking spot. Yeah. You can see bitches parked on the boy bitches too, by the way, just sitting on the corner like mm, visualizing like you are not going to park in Hollywood. It's over. Right. And so part of it, I'm a self-help freak. Oh, that should have been one of my reasons. I'll show you my Kindle. It's gross. It's yeah. every self-help book ever written, and I'm on page like 10 of all of them. Wow. Um, but, yeah, I believe in that totally, energy. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that there's certain concepts that are diff- different different for all of us. I wasn't raised to be I wasn't raised to be particularly aware of that. If you weren't raised to be particularly aware of calories, if you weren't raised to be particularly aware of whatever, like – it's absolutely possible that something can delude you your entire life like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think probably honestly most of America deals with that. I look at calories, I don't really understand what they mean. I just don't I also know like bites wise, like what's about right. Like when yeah. I feel like, okay, that tastes well, too good like to, to have eat, that. Many one bites. thing I'd like to see Oprah do um is just say fuck it. And I don't mean completely fuck it because she'll be t- a thousand pounds. Like she's like me. Like you can't just say fuck it, but Stop trying so hard. Like, you're worth a zillion dollars. Relax, okay? Go to dinner with Gail and don't feel fat all she the time. It's not like Stedman like needs. She's the role model, though. So, like, and, you know, when her fans, when her, the number one city in, in America for many years that watched her show, the number one ratings were coming from Macon, Georgia, which is also one of the fattest cities in America. Is that true? Yeah. And I, it's like one year she did all of her um, favorite thing, or she did her favorite things for the entire, like, city of Macon, Georgia. Whoa. And yeah, it was like, yeah, because they have consistently her biggest ratings. Um, so it's just like I she has to be a role model for people like that. She's she, the reason why she can't just like go gain 500 pounds is because if Oprah gains 500 pounds, she's it's like subtly giving permission to every person uh, out there to ignore their health. Well, kind of where she is now is what I like because she's not super skinny right now. She's like medium Oprah, right? Right. She's yeah. like a she's like a non super. She looks like an auntie. Like she looks like someone's relative. She like, looks she great. Looks like someone's, yeah, I like, think she's like perfect a now. Yeah. I just I just mean the um, bringing the red wagon out with the chicken fat. Do you remember that? And she's like, this yeah. is what ten pounds looks like, or whatever. And it was like this red wagon full of fat dripping over it, and everyone was like, gross. Ooh. And then like a and year like later, in a she radio was flyer, that's so like horrifying. that's such drama. Like yeah. <laughs> a wagon full of fat, and she's like out of any container. Yeah, yeah, the mom jeans. Any container they could have put that fat in, they chose a fucking wagon. I would have gone for like a clear plastic thing just to really show the fat, but they're like, <laughs> so it's like jiggling on the That's wheels. It's a good wagon, though, it's if just, you think yeah. about it. Um, so I'm feeling about ready to take our calls, are you? Yeah, just tell me what to do. I'll talk about nothing for hours. You just listen. I'll whoop it. And then you tell these people how to live their damn lives based Sounds on the things good. they said. Sounds All right. like every day. Let's do it. Hey, Mall. This is Lori from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, this isn't an advice question, but I tweeted you the other day asking you what you thought about the finale of The Hills, and you told me to call in. So um, here I am calling you. Um, I grew up, I was in high school when it was on, so I kind of feel like Elsie shaped me as a teenager and going into college. And uh, the finale just felt kind of like a slap in the face when they took away the backdrop and was like, oh, it was all fake. Um, so anyway, I just want to know what you think. Thanks, Mall. Love ya. 
Okay, so I didn't even know this was coming. I remember this girl tweeted this at me the other day. I didn't even know this was coming when I was talking about how The Hills was so relevant to my early uh, years in Los Angeles. Um, what do you think? Um, that was the first show that really did, went that there really with that, was like, like, it's fake, it's bullshit. Uh, unfortunately, they were around. I think Twitter was around back then, but it wasn't yeah. like it is now where people will just go tell tell off famous people or whatever. Yeah. So I wish it was later. Um, this is what I feel with things like that. All things like that. When there's, especially when there's a girly fandom around something, it is impossible to satisfy everyone. Especially with something like The Hills where it's like, it just becomes so cartoonish that we were already watching these storylines play out in the news yeah. for um, before they were shown on the show. Like we already knew usually what was happening throughout an entire season of The Hills because we saw it in the tabloids. Yeah. So there was really they to they had to they didn't have to acknowledge it, but I thought it was very smart of them to kind of say like, yeah, you know, we're in on the joke. Like especially because while it may have started out somewhat pure in it being a reality show. Uh, but it wasn't like literally scripted, right? They didn't no. write script. See, that's they what just I kind did a of thing have... where it's like they the last scene was them like they like basically pulled apart like a, they showed the camera crew, they did a wide shot, they showed the camera crew, they showed everyone filming the girls walking, mm -hmm. and like it just became apparent that you were watching a reality show this whole time. And yeah. but it's like we already knew that. So. Yeah, it wasn't that tricky, but I think the thing that's made me kind of forgive a lot of stuff like that, because those housewives, I mean, it's all the same, but that's, that's what I talk about mostly. And they've started talking openly, like, well, that was edited to look that way, and what really happened, or they right. cut out this entire storyline. They're starting to complain now, but what's fun to me about it is that they're trying to project something, and they always fail. So even if it's written, and they're saying, okay, you're going to show up at this tea party, or in the Hills case, you're going to show up to the ice cream shop to have right. a discussion with Heidi about hating her boyfriend. <laughs> well, Heidi really was dating an asshole that everybody hated, yeah. and she really was changing her face so much and becoming a crazy fame whore. And LC was really a very sweet Dola's dishwater girl who, you know, like all that right. stuff was real. And so even though the situations are fake, the emotions that they're, <clears throat> that you're seeing actually are real. None of them are actors. And if you've ever seen them try, you'll know I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> and it's also like, you know, it's, it's okay. This is the only reason why I maybe resent that ending a little bit. It's like, the producer is taking credit for something that they didn't plan. Like they're trying to almost like be like, yeah. and we planned it all along. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, no, you didn't. Like this thing that you started became like a fucking huge sensation. And now you kind of feel in the finale, you have to, it might be worth it to, for your careers and or your mental sanity to point out that you were in on the joke. Like, uh, I wish they could do like sitcoms do where they show you the future. You know, the very last yeah. episode of the sitcom, they'll be like, there's the people from AbFab, but they're old now. Yeah. I wish you could do that for things like The Hills because you could just see bald, fat, beady-eyed Spencer or like coke-eyed Spencer, I should say, like his wide-eyed coke eyes. You could see him just like working at some used car place, getting fired and hiding with a crazy face that you don't recognize Spencer's anymore. Spencer's fucking dumb smile, dude. Oh, it's that worst. smile you can hear him smiling when he talks. It's like that arrogant fucking shit eating grin that he always has. It's like his smile yep. is just like it's not even real. It's just perma smile. There's such a false sense of confidence that men get when a hot girl 
is theirs. Right. Like there's, it's like they're driving a nice car, you know, they act all hot and stuff. And that's kind of him. Yeah, it's like you take the you take the fact that he's already from like a wealthy family, grew up going to Crossroads, was on Princes of Malibu with Brody Jenner. Uh, Hot, yeah. He I, can do whatever he wants. He can uh, he can he can slaughter an entire village, and I'd be like, but he's hot. Do you yes. know what's so Those interesting? Brody has kind of transcended. Brody has he? is. What's he doing now? I well, saw him on is, the Bruce, I just think the Bruce I, interview. I just think Caitlin. people. I think first of all, Brody's the only one of those people, with the exception of Lauren Conrad, that's still relevant. He has his own show, Sex with Brody. He does tell me everything. My friend Stevie Ryan co-hosted. I've never seen it. It's like a sex talk show. Does she still have her e. show on VH1? Uh-uh. Um, no, they, that, they did two seasons of that. But um, yeah, it just, um, like, he he still seems to be the one that's, like, visible. He's on Kardashian sometimes. Still like, hot. He, people are always saying he's so fucking hot. Like, that hasn't faded. That's with one of those of cars them. that passes you on the street, and you're like, that car has had an oil change and a car wash on a regular schedule its entire existence. Right. I bow down to you, car. Yeah. Old yeah, mobile. that's it's a mixture of money pretty and just pretty pretty. I think he's pretty pretty, right? Well, I mean, the money pretty is that he can well, work out. Well, that's the but... constantly washed look that you're getting. Like, <laughs> look, let's oh, face it. Oh, the constantly it. washed look? Uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. constantly, like, up, constant <laughs> maintenance, the dirty. upkeep. Yeah. Is that is it's because oh that's not just a tan that's like a Zuma Beach tan totally like, that's a not, Zuma like, that's an El Matador tan right. patch okay that's, that's like, like a mile up from Zuma down a cliff right exactly <laughs> in front of someone's mansion or whatever yeah so still his, his hot mansion, I mean I don't even mansion. care he's so cute yeah I love him I'm very shallow with stuff like that I forgive hot people that's why I don't want anybody hot to ever be president I would never care I'd be like whatever do whatever you want Bill Clinton. I didn't find him hot. I wasn't into Bill Clinton. See, here's he's the thing. Not, Could uh, get it. Like, I would still sleep with Bill Clinton. And it's just because I have never found him, like, visually attractive. He, there's, well, young Bill Clinton smoking. He, it's like that confidence that he exudes. Yeah. Very you just sexy. know he'd make you feel Easy good about confidence. yourself. Like, you just know that, like, you would want to be, you would want to charm him and you would want to be charmed by him. Well, like, even the people who had the sexual, uh, who accused him of, not, it wasn't rape, but, like, well, he was accused of rape, wasn't he? By who did he? Probably sexual harassment at the least. All right, he before I go overboard. The, but even those people were like, he was so charming and it was so wonderful. And it wasn't until days later that I was like, I think he raped me. There <laughs> could like, be He's some that charming, uh, right, exactly. You know? No, exactly. There's like, I think that he definitely. I mean, well, yeah. Like if you know, you listen to the Monica Lewinsky thing. There's something very, I would say, almost borderline sociopathic about that to me. That it's, That's hot about him. Yeah, that it he's is. a sociopath. It, and it, Hillary kind of is too. And I like that about them. I like their icy coldness. Like the thing I love about the Clintons it the, is that if you stand in their way, they'll kill you. And they'll right. frame it as a suicide. Like to me. Oh, they're like House of Cards IRL. Uh, yes, they really are. They really are. And, and he I, was accused of rape. Just I just He was, it. right? Yeah. I thought And so. Chelsea Clinton kills it. She's uh, doing well. I'm Chelsea proud of her. Clinton, she grew up a very Who is she friends with that? Oh, she's friends with Donald Trump's daughter. They're like besties Ivanka, yeah. or something. Yeah. It, it, they, she, for someone who grew up, I mean, do you remember how terrible people were to her? Like, the, <laughs> yes, they, on I mean, SNL. Like, that was like the thing is like Chelsea Clinton is ugly, which is wrong to say that about so a teenage rude. girl. But Poor people like gingy. that was. The, the sucky was thing is that she had like peak awkward teenage years in the public eye. Right. And she was like so awkward with her braces and yeah. terrible sweaters mm. and her cat. Oh, to be a teenager in the White House. Usually it ruins those kids, you know? Look at the Reagan kids. I think Sasha Miller are going to be okay. 
Yeah. Oh, they're going to be yeah. fine. Well, they had they had a pretty blessed time in the White House. I mean, their dad's been so popular the whole time. And he's not only popular, he's like a huge pop culture Yeah, I mean, like they're, they're like, like Hollywood's first daughters. Yeah. Like, Hollywood wants to be a part. I mean, that's why it's like Malia Obama goes to Brown and, like, it's not like the, with the Bush twins, it's always like, oh, like they're gross. Like, it's just like, oh, like, of course they're, of course they're party animals are fucking gross. But yes. like with Malia Obama, like playing a little beer pong at Brown, like everyone's like, oh, kind of chic. Like, I like that for Malia. Kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, cute. Actual but like when the Bush girls. twins are getting gross, everyone's oh. like, ew, look at those corn, look at those <laughs> fucking corn on the cobs with eyes. <laughs> and people were kind of like sympathetic for Malia too. They were right. just kind of like, who the fuck? Come on, guys. Even Brown, even the... Some Brown students came out with, did you read that? Some op, uh, there was like an, basically the Brown newspaper put its own student body on blast and was like, you have no quote unquote, no chill. Like you like have embarrassed Malia Obama. Like if she does go here, she would be completely embarrassed. Like why? Cause they were being too nice to her. Like what was the embarrassing? Oh part? no, she was just, you know, illegally drinking or playing beer pong or something. But and yeah, they posted like it all over Snapchat and stuff it's, like it's that. Like, oh, it's like if you were to go into Soho house, like your they friend like gives you, they like took creeper shots and they were like, Ooh, me. Yeah. People like, Obama. Oh, I don't know if you saw, but people were like snapping. Yeah, people were snapping her, like playing beer pong or people just like Snapchatting her at parties and stuff oh. like that. And, I mean, it's really the equivalent of like, let's say your friend gives you like a plus one to sell a house and you go and you, and you see uh, like an A-list celebrity doing cocaine and you take a picture and Snapchat it. Like, I did actually. I did that. <laughs> but in my just, defense. It's just uncool. Like, yeah, it just, was like, uncool, but I hated the person. Actually, you know what? I did not spread that picture around, but it did end up making it to TMZ. Not my picture, but someone else's because I was catering a party once. Can you give a hint? stupid. Oh, I can tell you. It was all over the news. Um. It was uh, people from Dancing with the Stars, so I don't know. Oh, uh, Juliana, Juliana Huff, and she was doing uh, cocaine. Huff, right? Yeah. And her brother, and they were both. Well, she was in blackface. Were they both in blackface? They came oh, to this Halloween party I was yeah. catering. By the way, I've never been asked. To you these. were catering that Halloween party? Yes, with the same girl, the oh, same girl, she my was friend. As, um, crazy like, eyes. Yeah, she's like, are people paying in the trash can? That's disgusting. Because those parties get. So gross. All these rich fucking entitled people. Disgusting. They will shit in a trash can right in front of everybody and then try and finger bang a girl. It's like, what are you doing? This town is disgusting. I love it here. I'm like, actually, the artist bathrooms at Bonnaroo are worse than the pub mass, like general public bathrooms. And I think that that says everything. Artists, like, literally are only hurting themselves. Like, this, these are like 36 porter potties that are like reserved for you guys that, like, everyone's ass can be safe and you don't have to go out in the masses and like Paul McCartney, you don't have to take a dump next to some 12 year old girl who's like smoking pot with yes. her dad. People so, would rather shit in a hole apparently or a trash can. But, but, but celebrities treating their own porta potties terribly. So it was like by day three, it's like I was actually like more comfortable peeing with the masses than in the artist section because it was like, because celebrities are gross, is my point. Totally, they're totally, totally disrespectful. Totally gross. And it's not really celebrities. I think it's like a lot of uh, well, rich. It's just overly rich. It's not like hating on the rich. I want to be right. one of you one day. But it's just like new money, gross people who were never taught manners. And you know what? I'm 40. And I'm saying it. That's why that Whole Foods makes me crazy. Or the Whole old Foods money is to, really oblivious, too. Sorry. Someone. Old money, yes, they're oblivious. But they'll like... They'll murder, like, they'll run someone over and then pretend that it never happened and try and get away with it. Right. Like, they'll commit that kind of crime. But the new wealth will shit in a 
in a trash can. Right. You know what I mean? Like old money ain't going to do that. They learned from their nanny not to do that. Right. Like the new money, like the parents are probably working. I mean, I don't know. But I do know in that Whole Foods, there's all these people that come down from the hills because it's right at the bottom of the hill. And they come down and they're these nutcases, they all look like they're on something, but it's not crystal. It's not a poor person drug. It's like oxy, you know, something. Right. They're all glazed and they're eating shit straight out of the salad bar with their fingers and shit like that. The wealthy people, the homeless people are like using the tongs to put it on a plate and steal it. Oh, my God. And the old, you know, the older wealthy people are just taking it. I saw a young guy scream at an old lady there once and call her the C word. I was like, what the hell? They're a bunch of animals, these rich people. Wow. Yeah, let's it, find one to marry. He called That's her a C word? Was he straight? Do you know? If you, yeah, yeah, because in that Whole Foods, there's that they don't have enough room like everything in Hollywood so if you're at the checkout counter there's no room for a line so people start lining up in the aisles so that you can walk past and um if you're too far back no one sees you there so they cut in front of you and so she wasn't the line had moved forward but he was just still kind of standing there and the old lady said sir I think you can move up a little bit those people left because he was texting and he's like fuck you you stupid I'll do what I want to do what I fucking want to do I'm like yelled at her Holy shit. That and my is mom so... said, why didn't you stand up to him? I was like, how could you, you know me for mom. 40 years and not know that I'm an incredibly huge pussy? I would never, ever stick up to him. Yeah. Guy who's totally okay calling an old woman cunt at the grocery yeah. store. <laughs> I'm really going to get on that 25-year-old with He's, gigantic yeah, muscles. That sounds like the guy that your mom's right. You should definitely rationalize uh, with yeah. him. <laughs> I was like, she's old. She can take it. She's been through a lot. Exactly. She's probably like, I am a cunt. All right. Next call. Hey, Maul, single black gay guy on the East Coast, um, 22. And I was wondering, how do you deal with um, trying to explore your own sexuality? Like, not something I was really um, familiar with in high school. didn't really get to do all the experimenting until college. And I feel like I'm still trying to figure it out. And I feel like I'm kind of over it. Are the situations always going to be kind of awkward and lackluster? Like, I came to the realization that most of those experiences are usually under the influence of alcohol, and I feel like they could be better. And so also another question, like how do you sort of, I guess, start looking for genuine relationships, something that actually means something? I don't know, maybe it's just I'm an emotional wreck and such a romantic Venus and Pisces, Capricorn, Venus and Pisces. And I think, what's, what, um, uh, I think, um, more than cancer but yeah please advise hope you can help love the podcast you guys are so dope um are you confusing astrological signs with like places of origin like that's like me saying like oh i'm a little irish scottish native american i understand you can have like different <laughs> moons and different signs. signs i know you can have something rising something blah 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 but but you are not four. all four of those. Mm-hmm. There's certain parts of your personality, allegedly, thought- <laughs> that are influenced by those things. <laughs> I thought he was just naming like zodiac signs that are in their feelings, similar to Gemini. Oh, I thought he was saying like oh, I'm part blah blah blah. I'm part blah blah blah. Um, Capricorns aren't really in their feelings though. Capricorns are considered to be pretty logical people. I mean, I guess you can say all signs are technically in their feelings, but. Capricorn Look, is January, end of December to be begin. January, it's the month yeah, of January, me. basically, right? It's my sister. Yeah, she's like that. Um, but look, um, I don't. I'm unclear if you're identified as gay. What part of your sexuality 
you're exploring because it sounds to me like you're saying are all these things going to be drunk and I don't know if you're talking about hooking up. Okay, I know what he's talking or... about. I hear it as a gay man who explored his sexuality at that What age. does that mean? First of all, good for you, you're not a hoe. Exploring your sexuality as a gay male, which I mean, I can you have gay accents, so I'm just going to assume. He said that yeah, he said He's gay, gay, right? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said I couldn't tell if you were gay. I was like, am I? Sometimes I black things out. He's saying gay. Okay, yes, you are gay. Uh, No offense about your accent. We all have it. So so good for you for not being a hoe because most of us start exploring a lot earlier. And it leads to bad things later. So good for you. To find somebody you really like and have something in common with, you have to do something that you like. You're not going to just find them in some random pool at school because it's just another fucking vat of normal everyday people you know what what is okay specifically exploring your sexuality when when you like is it in terms of um in terms of variety of guys like do i still do i like all types of guys do i like this type of guy or is it what you're willing to do or is it about um or the assumption that gay men are more promiscuous so therefore exploration means trying lots of different things i took it as like he finally accepted that he was a homosexual and is getting into sex and exploring all aspects of like what he could like well then yes because all dating is very awkward so then yes i think so i i mean basically i heard here's what i'm imagining that you're going through not being you and all uh i imagine that when you come out of the closet it's such a huge it feels like such a huge thing. Even if it's not that big of a deal now, I'm it sure still you... feels like such a huge personal liberation. And when you finally do get that freedom and you go out and you start having the sexual experiences, one thing that was very awkward for me was, A, gay men do not have an emotional sexual, at least right away, because gay men are more promiscuous. Right. Like, it's a fact. So we'll go meet somebody and have sex, and it doesn't mean anything. And not only gay people. I'm just talking specifically about them right now. But there's a coldness that comes with it that's very hard to get your wall down. Or right. get your wall up, I should say. Because I would, it's like, have promiscuous sex that. when I was younger right. and then, like, want to hug or kiss somebody. Like, I was okay with just stroking someone's gorgeous hair. But it's not that. You know, you got to give a blow. But I also think that it's like, it's like this. That's a really, I think, a dangerous thing. Because it's not fair to game, for gay men to assume that, like, they, in order to fit into their culture, their group, mm-hmm. um, their identified group, like... They have to be promiscuous. Like that's oh, like that's no, like no, that's, no, that's like the entry fee. Like do you have to yeah, be like yeah, you have to totally be willing right. to down this. Like I think a lot of, I think it's very important that I know a lot of guys that have spent too much time in gay clubs, like looking for relationships because that's where their friends who like to have sex go to meet guys to have sex with. Mm-hmm. And if you are not the kind of person who's comfortable having sex with people you don't know or with people you're not in a in close with or whatever mm-hmm. that's not that doesn't have anything to do with your sexuality in my mind that's just to do with the kind of romantic you are you know some people are just about mm-hmm. getting business done and some people i was saying earlier i really can't kiss someone unless i'm like mentally emotionally physically attracted to them equally on all three levels like but i can't just like roll the dice and then be the like why was that weird yeah i think just the different the reason it's different is because it's not that all gay men have to be that way or there's no rules it's just kind of the culture is that way so when you're a gay man even well. if you're not that way and it comes it doesn't come because gay guys are these callous unfeeling cores it's that 
there's a lot of guilt that is left over from childhood of people telling you it's bad. There's so much stuff that goes into it that it's not like I just want to fucking not talk to anyone. And a lot of guys there's say a lot that of emotional society, there, you know, they, societally they've been conditioned mm-hmm. to not to not feel like relationships are their first option. Um, because for a very long time, like, what was the point? Like, you could partner up, but like, you couldn't have like a family or anything like that. And so I've heard a lot of guys say that they feel kind of stuck in that role still. They t- they they've assumed that role because mm-hmm. that's what they grew up thinking being gay was going to be like. Um, right. And that I think is very interesting too. I just I I I I think you know I I've never actually I've never I've never like. Ex- explored my sexuality in that sense like i've never actively tried to try new things but <laughs> i i think it's kind of like when you lose your virginity and then you start having that's sex. what i was about to yeah. say yeah, yeah i just like it's i've never i've never done that but i assume it would be something like uh, uh, gaining experience is some it's it's always awkward it is and and so much of sex is awkward you're gonna have so many experiences in your life that are terrible not fun awkward you leave feeling gross and like a a piece of crap and then you're gonna have an experience where you're confident and the person you're with is confident and they actually do like you and then you're gonna feel those feelings but if everybody had those feelings and sex was always amazing, nothing would get done. There would be no babies. We'd just be fucking each other all day. So, like, as gay people, we have to be just as patient as straight people and wait for the right experience to come along and not force it. Because the second you try and start forcing something, oh, my God, you'll just be like the rest of them in, like, jail relationships, you know? We're like, you're in this prison because you don't want to be alone. And it becomes a whole cycle. Don't do that to yourself. Yes, there is good sex out there. And keep looking. You'll find it. Just wear condoms. Good Lord. Have you seen the billboards around L.A.? Oh, my God. The sad bear. But that said, you know, this is a topic that I particularly, like, cannot relate to. And I really like that you called and asked this question to me um, because I couldn't be. Well, I'm single, but I'm not I'm not a black gay man. So I really couldn't be a lot. I couldn't be much yeah, more. You're a person who's, like, had to get used to having sex and being disappointed by experiences, I'm sure. Sure, sure. Um. That said, though, if there's and if there's anyone listening that has ex- that would like to give this guy a message, uh, <laughs> that sounds bad. Mm-hmm. But if there's anyone that would like to like kind of let this guy know like what their experience was, maybe you're maybe you're a single black gay guy that's a few years older than this guy. Yeah, just being single is kind of rough sometimes, but there is good stuff out there. So just keep positive and keep looking around, boy. Stay hot. I know he sounds cute. He sounds cute. I bet cute. he's attractive. All right, next call. Hey, models. My name is Katie, and I just recently got into your podcast, and I'm, like, just listening to them all the time, and I love them, and I love you. Um, I'm calling because I just don't know what to do. My heart is breaking. Um, Some backstory, my... Well, I guess my dad's like the worst and he hasn't really been in near my brother's life since he left uh, when I was a kid. And now my brother recently moved in with him after a stint in the mental hospital for suicidal ideation. And uh, my dad has diagnosed narcissism and he doesn't care about anybody but himself. And now my brother's decided to move to 
Utah with him, which is the worst decision. Um, I know that my dad's going to leave him in the dust whenever the time suits him. And me and my mom and my grandma are just heartbroken and so sad. And I just don't know what to do. Um, I pretty much raised him, you know, because uh, my mom was an alcoholic as a child. She's sober for five years now, but um, I just, I feel like this kid who I raised and who I love, and we had a really close relationship, um, has completely abandoned me, and um, I just really need help moving on, you know. This is then the catalyst for my diagnosis of general anxiety disorder with depression, and I just, this is hit at the worst time, and I don't know what to do, and I really need some advice. Please, please, please help me. I, I don't know what else to do. Um, I love you, girl. Thanks so much. Um, love the podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. Well, Katie, you can only control yourself. Um, and that's the reality of this, um, which is like you can all day long want to sort your brother's problems and your dad's problems. The only person you can take care of is yourself. So if your brother is suicidal and he wants to go with your father, I would say let the brother go with the father because the last thing this guy needs is someone giving him a hard time or making his situation about them. Let your brother go. If your dad is really as horrible as you say he is, I think your brother will probably either figure it out. But I don't think your dad's behavior will do anything. Maybe it'll expedite a process, but I don't think it'll exacerbate your brother's condition personally. I think your brother is going with your father because there's something that he can get from him that he can't get from you and your mom and your grandma, which is either privacy or... Um, a long leash to do whatever the fuck he wants or he can do drugs when he lives with your dad or whatever it is. I don't Or maybe he's just looking for that daddy. I mean, I, mean, I don't want to sum it up as daddy issues because that sounds cruel, but when you're missing that, sometimes you seek that. And if you have another chance with your dad, it's not really abnormal for him to want to try and make a relationship work, even if his dad's a piece of shit. I mean, to me, the, when you said that you raised your your little brother, you sound like you're going through the mom dilemma right. when the kids leave the house, and you are the mom for your brother, and he's leaving, and you're going you're going to go through what every mom goes through. You're going to be mortified, sad. You're going to feel completely cut off and completely rejected. But that's a part of growing up, and you just have to be a good mom. And like when any divorced parent, any good divorced parent, should do. When they're divorced, they don't shit talk the dad. They don't do all that stuff. You just say, listen, here's the, was the issue with your dad. He's a little selfish. I'm worried about you getting your feelings hurt, but you're an adult and I love you no matter what. Now I go live your life. I think that sounds really and, nice. And when he does fuck him over later, then you pat him, you know, you hug him and you're still there for him. Like, absolutely. Can I say one other thing though? And I hope, oh this, my God, of course. I hope this doesn't hurt your feelings, but <clears throat> you look so, you sound so sad over there. And uh, I get it. Like, I, I heard the call. I know why you would be. But one thing I noticed that you're saying a lot, you've mentioned everybody that you mentioned, I think except the grandma, has some kind of a disease. Mm -hmm. You've labeled everything and everyone in your life as a diseased person. Your dad is a narcissist. Your mother's an alcoholic. You have borderline anxiety something. She has general anxiety and disorder. Not that those are not valid Um diagnosis is I think you're probably on the nose with all of that you would know better than me but when you look at life as 
everything being a disease like that, it takes away any kind of responsibility that people might have. Like your dad has no responsibility for anything he's done because he's a narcissist. It also takes away your responsibility because you're like, well, they're just sick. I can't deal with that. They're just sick. And, you know, Dr. Laura actually is pretty vocal about not diagnosing people. She's not interested in you calling up and saying unless someone is like goes to AA and they're out loud and alcoholic She's not interested in you call and you calling up and saying, "Well, my mom's a narcissist." She'll say, "Like, no, no, no. What did your mother do that right. makes you think she's a narcissist?" And a lot of times, it's actually like, "Yes, if you spot it, you got it." Type stuff where it's like the person's really just seeing their own behavior reflected through their friend or their parent or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I want to throw out there is that Ronnie, I think you give really good advice, and you're exactly right about feeling like a mom, she has to remember that she's not actually his mom and that she has her own life. And she actually has the opportunity to be a better mother to someone, to be a better, uh, to raise kids who are better, um, able to be better, more healthy, designated sisters, brothers. Like she has the opportunity to go live her own life and make her own relationships. Sounds very, very consumed with someone who, to be honest, without saying like you should be selfish, I think that you should be a little bit more concerned with like your dating life and work and uh, you know, what kind what you're going to wear tonight. And I know that life cannot always get, like afford you this lightness that I'm speaking of, but it is worth to work towards it. And also to um, understand the behavior of the people in your life to the, to, to a point where you, it doesn't, um, it doesn't stop you from living your life. Like you can, I can understand things about my mom or I could understand things about my father, but I have chosen to, to, instead of like be obsessed with that, to just focus on myself and build yeah, out my you're own living life. Like a, you're, you're living a movie. Like we're all kind of living a story in our heads, right? We all talk to ourselves all day long. Right. And when you start listening to that inner voice, you know, it's like 101. That's like a right. spirituality 101. Yeah. Like listening to your subconscious or your inner voice. And um, you'll realize just because you're a human being <laughs> that it's always talking about you. Right. It's always talking about your feelings and how you're affected by somebody else. Now, a child with an alcoholic mother and a narcissist father, of course you're going to be hurt. That's not anxiety. That's called straight up hurt. And that's a normal thing. And that's how you, that's life. But then also the stress. You can separate to, you can separate yourself in a way that you're observing all of that and trying to help the people that you can, but not, yeah, letting it consume you and let it affect your whole life. I read a book when I was a teenager because I yelled at a table when I was a waiter Uh at my uncle's restaurant. And he gave me that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh-huh. which is like an old book from the 30s. And uh, the title makes it sound like it's some douchey right. manipulating book, but it's really not. And a lot of it is <clears throat> looking not at your own feelings. So if you're angry or upset, it's forgetting about that for a second and thinking, well, what is my brother doing? Why? What is it emotionally that he needs and stop taking everything in a personalized way because you're not going to help anyone. It's like about that, appealing you know? to another person to benefit yourself, basically. Which is the truth is that if we could all, it in is. Our, but in it's our, like if I disagree with it's you, healthy. it's like why do I? What is she really thinking? And who the fuck is she? Because most of us don't even pay attention to who's in front of us. Right. We're just like blah blah blahing our own ish. Yeah, know? but you're right. No, the and and even just the, let's keep it the movie world for a second. Like the movie of your family is very sad. But would be even mm-hmm. sadder is if the movie of your family stayed a movie of your family, and that and that wasn't just a first act. 
Yes. You should go. This should be the part where it's like you break off and you go into like your next big journey. Yes. Right now your movie is an IFC sad movie and you need to make it like a girl, like a fun chick flick movie. Like Cameron Diaz needs to play you. (laughs) Yes. Like play the hero in your, you are the hero of your movie. So if you feel like a victim and you're being held down by somebody else's issues, you do not want to be the victim in your own movie. So you either need, you just need to figure out a way to deal with it for yourself, not your brother's actions, your own, and how you're going to feel empowered yourself. Because it's your chick flick and you're the star of it. Yeah, what are you, the wacky best friend or the ingenue? I need to know. Exactly. Uh, cast yourself as the lead, my friend. <laughs> All right, we've got our You Are Appreciated iTunes comment of the week. This is Warm Fuzzies, five stars from Young Four five five two. Malls is a funny sage with a completely sweet, generous approach to life, work, love, which makes her an ideal advice giver. Her personality is weird and infectious. This podcast makes me feel like I have a standing appointment to hang out with her for sixty minutes every Monday, and this is a pre- appreciably approves my week. Okay, well, good use of words. Uh, and this review was helpful to me. That was Thank you also very much, Warm sweet Fuzzies. Sweet Yeah, I love it. Uh, no, you um, really knocked that SAT out of the park, uh, didn't oh, you, sweet Mama? <laughs> That's a person not having awkward sex in college. <laughs> like when you're looking up like, sweet Jean-Louis. <laughs> like it probably means like good ass. Um, all right, we've got a letter now. Ronnie, will you read our letter for us? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Ronnie's going to read our letter. Hey, Malls. <clears throat> I'm fat. Just kidding. It's all my own <laughs> issues. Uh, hey, Malls. I'm a 30-year-old woman currently living in Miami. I've been with my boyfriend for four years, and we've been married for almost a year. Things are now terrible, and I fear we're coming to an end. When I first met him, I was living in a major city and had a great job, my own home, and amazing friends and family. He had just moved to that city and didn't have anything, literally. Ugh. I can stop here and talk to you for an hour. But I fell for him, and we continued our relationship. I was okay with paying for everything. Oh, my God. Are you giving me this? Because you know it's going to kill me. I was okay with paying for everything, letting him sleep at my place, and supporting him as he looked for work. Girl. This lasted about a year before uh, he finally gave up and decided to go back to school. Oh, my God. This is like one gigantic red flag. I wish there were multiple things I could check on here. He moved back home, and we were long distance for about a year. He got settled and on his feet in that city. He hated being long distance, so he started talking about my moving there. We set a goal that I would move in a year. I almost gave up on moving when suddenly he proposed. Of course I said yes. Uh, why is that, that of course like that why was, is that was me slapping my uh, own head why is that I was like of that, course i said yes is a, is a head slap no girls oh we're gonna go off for two hours on this i you genuinely just, hold, just, just right slapped my own face <laughs> well i thought she said of course because at the top she said she was married and by the way oh oh and by the way we're, you're so good by the way you're you pay so much attention i love that you're a good person Please change. Just kidding. Um, by the way, we're not making fun of you, okay? You we just both person. listened to Dr. Laura, and we're both hearing this bitch yell at you right now while I, I read this letter. Okay. Oh, shocking up. So I spent all that time I had left on a move across country and a wedding, which you paid for, too. Flash forward and uh, not making fun of you again. I'm saying that as a 
whatever, who cares? Flash forward in a year in. The job market in this city, Miami, sucks. I'm either overqualified or they simply will not pay enough. It's been eight months and nothing has come up yet. He has supported us both. Well, that's the first sentence that I'm applauding. Yay. Right. Okay, this is working out. And I'm so grateful. It's hard on him, though. Well, he, you earned Aww, it. Oh, poor baby. Uh, recently, he told me that if I don't find a job, he's going to buy me a ticket and send me back home. <gasps> I asked him why, and he says, because I'm different, that I'm okay taking care of him, our home, and three dogs. In his words, acting like a stupid 60s housewife bitch. I had a legitimate career for 10 years as a public administrator, never worked in retail or hospitality, which is all that's here. This constant failure to find a job has fueled my depression and his anger. When he drinks, I get called a shitload of awful things, often in front of his friends. I forgive him until next week when it happens again. Four months ago, he told me that he would no longer have sex until I found a job because broke me is unattractive. So we haven't had sex since then. And although I know I'm very attractive, my self-esteem is suffering because if I try to touch him, he will harshly reject me. I don't know how long I can take this. I find myself acting out now. The way we treated each other during hard times is completely opposite. Even if we do survive this, the wounds he inflicted on me will probably be there for a long time. Okay, should I take the ticket and go home? This is my second marriage, and I feel like I would be destroyed by another divorce. You're going to be destroyed by this marriage, Yes, woman. take the ticket. Let's not even finish this. Okay, keep it's going. It's done. That's, that was it. Yes, I, you take the ticket home, because do you want to know why? You bought yourself a prostitute for three years, yes. and now your prostitute is angry because that wasn't the terms of your agreement. And I think he thought if you put a ring on your finger that maybe he could go back to being the prostitute yes. eventually. It's like, a, it's like a hoe ask you, you ask a hoe for a piece of gum after you pay her and she gives you attitude. Yes, that's mm, exactly what it is. Girl, no. Okay, look, you do not need to be married. You do not need to be with a man. Life is okay without a man. You will survive it. And the sooner you realize that, you'll have enough confidence to get a decent fucking man. One thing I've noticed about women because they are all my friends and I listen to it all the time. There's a certain desperation with women to be loved. There's a certain oh, need yeah. to be loved that men do not have the same thing. Men have a, a need for companionship and a, uh, taken care of. And I know I'm generalizing, obviously. But there's this thing. I want women to stand up and empower themselves and stop taking these losers. One of my friends became a meth head junkie, like totally junked out meth head. And his girlfriend is, like, begging for him back. I'm like, he steals. He yeah. steals from you. He cheats. What are you doing? It's like, well, I don't. No, the dating I've world is so hard. The best girls I know, their biggest weakness is it's always, it's always, always, always. And people, this always surprises people about me. I've had so many people be like, when I say my weak spot is is ass, asshole men, people are like, really? And I'm like, why? at this point, I'm like, why does that surprise you? The fact that you think that that isn't my thing means it's almost definitely my thing. All women are, I don't know all women, but there is a general, there is, it's not all women. No, no, not at all. But, but culturally, we were raised in a certain way. It's changing now very rapidly, thank God. But women were raised that you take care of the man and you do the blah, blah, blah. In general, that's how we've raised and our children in America. And also women are waiting for guys to, be, to choose them. Yes. Like women are sitting around being like, oh, wait, me? Do you pick me? Yes, I'm I have to be saying... pretty enough for the guy. I have to have the job that the guy will be attracted to. And I have to work, but I still have to be willing to have kids when he wants it. No, this is a different world now. You do not need a man. You need your own self-sufficient life. And trust me, 
If you are making your own money, supporting yourself in a fat place, living alone, you're going to have the best sex life with yourself. And then when you do have someone come in, you're going to be amazed because they're going to be so much better to you. People are so much nicer to confident people. If you're not confident and you're sitting there thinking this man can destroy you, he will destroy you because people who have people who feel the need to abuse other people look for victims. And also, girl, look, I have to be honest. Look at our look at even just like music. All right. Look at rap music alone. It has got it. It has been a, a huge trend in the last ten years to be praising independent women, to be wanting to look for a woman who can take care of herself, who doesn't need a man. Mm. That has been a consistent thing that has been shouted out as an attractive thing that men want to see more of, and that draws them to someone. And I think that the fact that people, a lot of women, are afraid to be successful or don't or don't prioritize um, the fact that. There's no such thing as really missing out on a relationship. Like you, mm-hmm. a lot of things, times people are like, oh, but he rejected me. That could have been so good. No, it couldn't have been because it never was. Exactly. So, and, and all you had in your brain was uh, a, a scenario in which he had affirmed you with caring for you. Yes. And in reality, that scenario never existed. He never did care about you. Yes. And so now you're retroactively you're upset your own... for something that yes, never happened. Yes, you're happens. living in some drama that you've made up. <laughs> right. Basically. Yeah. I mean, and that's really, look, it's no one's exempt from it. I definitely say oh that God, all the time I'm not, on I'm this. I'm a neurotic no. mess about it. Look, this is why it's really honestly, I've noticed this about too, about my girlfriends and even really most of my friends. Um, we're all really just giving each other the same advice in circles. Like, I may not I may have strength at this moment, but that doesn't mean that this exact person writing this letter couldn't find me on my worst day and pull me up out of out of something. Oh yeah. She yeah. could probably be like, girl, no. Like this is what we all do for <laughs> yeah. each other. We all look at each other like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you're amazing, you're smart, you're cool, you're talented. And if someone doesn't like you, tell them to fuck off. I will say that to any of my friends any day of the week, Hell but yeah. for some reason I can never point in the mirror and say it myself until it has to be like a breakthrough moment. And where I, I definitely said to my mom the other day, I took so much shit from guys for so long. That now I'm in a place in my life where I'm the complete opposite. I'm intolerant to the point where there's going to have to go. It's going to have to start to go the other way. But I'm like jazzed to tell a guy like, fuck you. That's not meeting my needs. I need more. I want it this way. It needs to be like this. You don't talk to me like that. This is how I'm going to treat you. You treat me like this. Like I've been like very like and it's too it's also it's too much. But it's also that. I definitely, that's this thing that Bethany Frankel has where it's like, when remember when Kristen was going for her and Kristen mm. was trying to like have a conversation with her and she's like, Bethany, come back here. And Bethany just turns to her and she's like, no. <laughs> yeah, and, yes. and the reason why it's so good is it's because that exact no that she had, you saw her have a moment of being like, wait, should I go back? no, I don't have to go back there because I don't have to do anything anyone tells me to do. And you saw that whole thing happen and you know that at a different point, Bethany would not have had that moment, that strength, the Bethany that we've seen would not have always had that. I think that you will, I think you will come out on the other side of this, um, but you need to get to that. Look, (laughs) 
If he the shit that he's saying about you in front of his in front he's of not his gonna, friends, he's not gonna fuck you because you're like a stupid poor bitch or sixties bitch. What no. do you think he's saying about you to his friends? Like, if you think that if what he's saying about you in front of your face to his friends is as offensive and bad as you say it is, can you imagine the shit? What he's doing alone. Yeah, because so many things, we see so many things. I mean, that was a long letter, but also we see between the lines. And I was just going to say, no man turns off the dick. So that yes. that dick is being inserted someplace. Yes. And if it's not, and you probably know this and are still there because you feel like you don't deserve anything better. Stop Actually, that shit. Get the hell out of there. You're exactly right. It's he want he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't want to have sex with her anymore. That's what it is. He's either having sex with someone else or he just doesn't want to have sex with her anymore. But he... It, this is about sex because realistically, if he he could he would tolerate her if she was if he wanted to have sex with her, which, by the way, should not be a rejection on your part. This guy sounds like a complete loser. I'd be thrilled if his dick wasn't into me. Totally. But um, he's probably looking for a, a, someone to take care of the bills. You know, a lot of times that turns people on. Look, the, at the end of the day, your guy's an asshole and it has nothing to do with the guy. It has to be with you. Stop being a fucking pussy and get some self-respect. And start treating yourself with respect. You need to want something for yourself that's more than just having a man. That's not enough of a reason to live. You need to be a good, strong, independent woman. And trust me, the men will be there. Yes. Next call. Hi, Malls. Hey, Christina. This is Mary. I'm calling from Houston, Texas. Go, Texas. Um, the reason I'm calling is because I've been a silent fan of your show for so very long. And you always blast out the number at the end of the show really, really fast. And I try. I'm always driving because I listen to you after my car. And I try so hard to memorize it. This time I got it. And I decided I was going to call and blast you guys. I really, really dig the show. I really love it. Um, I listen to it all the time. I'm a silent stalker. I post it all the time on my social media networks for other people to listen to it. Because you guys are awesome and you guys are so funny. Um, and you do give out good advice sometimes. Sometimes it's a little, um, <laughs> drunken and, you know, it's, it's hilarious. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to say I love you guys. I love the show. Keep doing what you're doing and you guys have a great day. You're awesome. Um, when I need some advice, I will definitely be calling you guys. You have a nice day. Mary, I love this call. Thank you. First of all, I love the name Mary. Awesome. I hope that's your real name. If not, I also love the uh, Texas. So go Houston. Texas. Uh, Ronnie is from Texas. Uh, Mary, yeah. thank you so much. I love that you uh, kind of roasted us, to be honest, but also we're <laughs> so very complimentary. And thank you. Um, the number is three, two, three, four, five, zero, seven, four. Zero eight. I feel like you were reading a lottery numbers just now. <laughs> I know. For anyone at home who's wondering, because I do blow through it, because I assume, especially at the beginning of this show, uh, when we first started recording, I um, not this episode, but generally, I would plug the number probably six or seven times mm. throughout an episode. I'm not doing it enough anymore, so we love it when you guys call. Mary, thank you for this very sweet call. That means a lot to me. Yep. Also, guys, if you ever want to know what the email is or what the number, it's in the episode description. Yes. Um, it's also on the Please Advise Twitter bio. And it's also on my Twitter bio. So yeah. if you guys – not, I'm not saying that to be like no, – no, no, And but also, I'm just Mary, saying, and here's another place. No, no. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't oh, mean I that to come up. I realized up, yeah. it was my tone. No, the, yeah, to add way. to that incomplete list, yeah. if you go on to LinkedIn, you might also be able to Here's a final yeah. button, bitch. 
Google it. <laughs> Why don't you Google it, Mary? No. <laughs> I loved her, though. <laughs> I love Mary. I love her. I was waiting to see what advice she needed. I was like, she does not need. She does I don't not think need she needs any advice. advice. <laughs> and she will, but she will you call us when her, she does. I love. I love when people say, "I don't need any advice about anything right now." Like I always, there's always people who are like, "When I need advice in my life," and I'm like, "How great is that to have no mm. area of your life that you don't have a question about?" Or when yeah. you're talking to your friends, I think we need to get advice from Mary. Yeah, I totally, know the yeah. fact that Mary's straight Next up like, desk. "I need, I need no advice, but thank you." So when I do, I'll call you. But that could be a very <laughs> long time from now. But I'm good because so. Mary's life is killing it. <laughs> like when you're talking to a friend and they go off about some horrible thing and they're like how are you i'm good yeah. really yeah everything's Everything. good just working doing great they don't even know what to do it's like click they can't hang up fast God, enough i was at the apple store the other day this is not really that but like <laughs> i was at the apple store the other day i got a new phone and so i had to do that thing where you have to wait for your phone to transfer over or whatever yeah. and I like sit down at the thing and i say to the guy the guy's like how are you today and i'm like i'm good how are you and he's like Eh, I've been better. And I was like, well, it's shockingly honest. He's like, yeah, I'm pretty hungover. And like, then he like, so he goes into this whole thing. He's telling me he just gone out for finals the night before. So he and his cousin decided to go to the Ace downtown and get wasted. I was telling him I like the Ace in Palm Springs. And he was telling me that once he and his cousin almost went to a party out there, but then they did it and he doesn't know why. And I'm like, you know what? All of this came because... Someone find this is what happens when people answer that question honestly. Totally. Now we know, and, and like also people, it's what happens when Apple gets too big and they stop making everybody like polished and classy. Exactly. It's like suddenly people from the Windows Store. Have you ever been in there? They're like, no, but you want to jump on this uh, thing? It'll follow your traction, and it doesn't, and then they just go have a beer in the back. Right. No, it is. It is. I have to say, <laughs> I did think like Apple is not making them like they used to. Like I remember no. I like I walked in and I said to some guy, I was like, um. Oh, I want to buy a phone. And he was like, he was like, okay, you want to talk to that girl over there? And he just like pointed into the Apple store. And I said, I'm going to need you to narrow that down. And he's like, that girl right there. And I'm like, more than pointing. And he was like, because like, I'm kind sake, of blind man. a little bit. You and guys like, have iCloud in here. You can't was, you can't give me proper directions. Like, find a friend. But I mean, like, every time I've ever gone into the store lately, it's just like filled with like at least 50 people just fucking around and like not actually intending to buy things so well, they don't yeah, have enough people like to a, cover the floor right well that's true yeah and it's also just like a giant playground now it's like the mcdonald's playground used to be where your mom would just drop you and leave you it's like that now but there's ipad babysitters so they're like bye yeah. kids see you in three hours we're going to be watching this matt damon film in space enjoy it yourselves is pretty great though that i was like at the apple store and i was like really bored and i was like oh what am i supposed to do and then i finally like look over and i'm like Oh, I can look at, I can do anything I would do at home because yeah, I am in a room of computers and Ugh. like, let's not act like I would be out um, breathing in fresh air or something. <laughs> I'm just pissed because I'm not reading Gawker from the safety of my couch as opposed <laughs> to in this store. Um, I know. I just go in there and check my uh, like website comments and stuff anyway. I'm like, what am I doing? I could be doing so this random. on the toilet. <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> you go into the Apple store and check your website. I do. Comments. I'm like, I wonder if someone said anything on Watch What Crap and Facebook. You or know whatever. what you should do though is you should set your you should set the homepage to that. That's what I used to do with Hello Giggles. Me out. 
I would oh. go into I would go into like any nail oh, salon like that the had Apple like store, a you mean? Oh, yeah, hell I would yeah, set yeah, Hello yeah. Beagles as the home screen for everything when I first started. Oh hell yeah, especially on a TV recap site because sometimes the front picture is just gross, you know, because yeah. people are trying to be funny or they are they're just being gross. But right now, someone just put it botched. Oh, nobody needs to see that. Mm-hmm. It's like some someone who's been like cut and. 20 different why does that need to be your lead someone is going to be looking at this in an sad Apple breast store. implants break my heart in a very specific way sad i don't sad breast implants yeah i know it's what just you like mean what, what it is that the person is going for it's like obviously their mm. femininity already feels attacked on some level i know uh and so then and then the worst thing happens which is they mutilate their breasts mm-hmm and then, of course, that has an even greater effect on your femininity mm-hmm. and your in your feeling of sexual worth. I mean, even Danielle Staub grappled with this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God! Well, what about the ones who get like four? Like Tamara Barney's had like she just keeps getting a different pair right. every year. Oh my God! What do you think of Ramona's tits? I think they're subtle and nice. I think they look nice. Um, you know, on porn, how you you can just see every category. I think that's probably why everybody's really okay with homosexuality now. They've seen it on Pornhub, so they're like, ah, we don't have to beat them right. up anymore. Anyway, thank you, internet porn. But when you, you know, I've looked at, I'm sure we've all looked at all kinds of crazy shit on there. So one time I looked at straight porn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> crazy day in my house. And I was like, whoa, I never realized that fake boobs are that obvious. Like when they're bouncing up and down, they don't move. It's like the girl's face is hitting her ankles, but her depends, boobs never yeah. move. What the hell? I don't even understand. I mean, I well, guess I do. Well, a lot do, of times but... it's girls are don't have a lot of skin, and then they get breasts that are too large, and so the skin is like, like Bethany has that a little bit, where her skin is just like she basically looks marks. pasted over mm-hmm. a large tit. Yeah, Ramona's tits definitely look like 25. She's... And it looks weird. It's like having a new car, but then, or like having an old car, but then you just buy new bumpers or I whatever. was going to say, what it's... Just get a new car. It is weird that she, um, you know, I have no shame. I'm not going to say like a 50-year-old woman shouldn't wear a bra, but I will say the type of 50-year-old woman that's wearing a a macrame Marc Jacobs dress or Michael Kors dress and going braless is going for a certain look. And I would say that that is age inappropriate to be 50 years old and braless in a macrame dress. How can you even tell anymore? How Like with those shows and then living in this town, how do you even know what's appropriate? People like the 80s, I guess, are coming back. And people who were from the 80s are now wearing like leg warmers. And my mom pointed it. My mom pointed it out and to really me. really thick blue eyeshadow. And I'm like, it doesn't work when you're 40. Like nothing works the same when you're in your 40s. Okay? I remember being deeply intimidated by this like sexy 45 year old I knew. And I did sexy in air quotes. I mean, she <laughs> was a, a, an attractive, sexy woman. Mm-hmm. But my mom pointed out to me. She's like, Molly. That woman dresses like she's 20. And I realized, oh, yeah, like there, there's a serious level of age and appropriateness that's going on there. And I think the way that you know is you look at the rest of America. And I definitely think that, no, you shouldn't be 40 years old and trade in all your cute pants for a dumpy pair of mom jeans. Yeah, like, don't I, just be old and gross, but don't be old trying to be young. Desperation's not fun on anybody. Not a good look, whatever your age. It's like a six-year-old woman with long hair. It's like Kyle Richards' hair is a little bit too young for her. She pulls it off because it's it's like, it's like just thick and luxurious. But to be honest, like that's not age-appropriate hair for a woman her Wait, age. Wait, whose hair? Kyle Richards'. Oh, that it's so long? Yeah. Uh, well, the th- Kyle Richards is another... This is so mean to say. 
who cares? Kyle Richards' hair, the thing that bothers me is it's, it's thinning a little bit, and she won't accept it. it. I think she is, as someone whose hair was thinning, and it's now gone. Sorry, Kyle. But when I first noticed, a hair lady at Supercuts or some shit told me when I was 19, I was like, fuck that bitch. You know, yeah. like I didn't believe it. And I really didn't believe it for years. I mean, I have years of pictures where I'm like, how did nobody say... And it's not that she needs to shave her head. It's just the whole idea of you are what you are, who you are. You look how you look. Who gives a fuck? Have confidence. But when you look like you're desperately clinging for something that's gone. Also, when your roots have are not voluminous whatsoever and your hair weighs 20 pounds. Take a hint. Girl, when you're you're getting athlete's foot because your shower can't drain because there's so much your goddamn hair in it. It is time to get a cut. All right. You don't have to Chris Jenner it. I don't know. Try a bun. Let's start with buns. Let's just start with a nice bun. <laughs> All right, you guys. That was Please Advise, episode 65. I'm Molly McAleer. This was our guest, Ronnie Karam of yeah. Watch What Crappens, one of my favorite podcasts. You guys can find them. Um, you guys go up twice a week, right? Yeah, we're on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, yeah, just look it up, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you guys like to listen. Sans clad. And Watch they also, it's the, I mean, you have a very active community, which I think is really great what about about what you guys oh, do yeah. because it shows that also there is such an, an urge i think in all of us to really want to dig into what it is we're watching on these shows because For it real. is it Psychology. speaks to us on so many levels i know look at all the things just we've talked about just I knowing know. each other for a short time based on the bullshit that they're going through pretty it's so deep good i've worked through a lot of issues through talking about that stuff yeah it's it's actually Thanks, yeah Rob. the the end of uh, Jill and Bethany's friendship was very cathartic for me, actually, on watching that on television because I had to really – I was very sad about it. And I really had to process, like, what about my relationships, failed relationships with certain girlfriends was ringing true in that moment. Well, and, I'm sorry doesn't always work, bitch. Right? Okay? Get a hobby. You can't just go around – and we did the millionaire matchmaker lady. Uh, I'm sorry I called you that. She ain't going to listen to this. What's her Patty name? Patty Stanger? Yes. So we were on her podcast. And she was going on and on and on. She's like, well, I'm friends with Zarin and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, you know, we hate her, right? Because Jill Zarin, you know, she, we don't know her in real life, obviously. But from the show, I'm like, bitch. And uh, so we talked about it a little. And she's like, yeah, but do you know how much she did for Bethany? And she's that kind of friend who just does everything for you. I'm like, that is not a real friend. That's what everyone who is friends with Jill. Someone who's constantly trying to brag and spend their money to buy you is not your friend. All anyone says about Jill is that she's a good connector. She's a clean, she's a clingy, sad person. Like with Jill, even when we talked to her, I was like, Jill, just have more confidence for Christ's sake. Like there's no reason for you to be begging. Like she literally will go email everybody who has been mean to her online and be like, why are you mean to me? Why don't you like me? I didn't mean anything bad. Right. She's kind of a mensch in that I way. I know someone who's exactly like it's her. Like, just be confident. You know, we all know that person. If she was just like, Bethany's a user and a bitch and that's it and been done with it, people would probably like her again. But she's like... Oh, no, but, you know, I don't even understand what happened. I just thought it was. It's like, no, take responsibility for your shit. Jill Zarin is suspicious because every single person in Jill Zarin's life who likes her still likes her chiefly because she is a connector and she helps other people with their own lives and meeting each other. And it's all to ultimately to benefit her. But those are all people that are just getting they like her because she's helping them right now. She's buying them. You know, she buys them. And I'm not against that. That's like very Hollywood, probably any business, I guess, that you have to connect. And I mean, hello, LinkedIn's a huge website. I mean. But uh, 
Leah Black, who's one of the Miami housewives, we became friends with her because she came on our show and she was just so funny and chill. And she's like that where she's she says, I'll do any ask me what you need and let me help. She's one of those. But she will say right up front, this is what friends do. We're a big we help each other and let's let's do it. Right. And it comes across in a way that's fun and not user and gross. And I don't know, just have confidence. If you're going to be a cunt. Be yeah. a huge cunt. Like that lady Don't at the grocery apologize. store. Like that mean old woman at Whole Foods that told that guy he should move ahead in line. <laughs> you guys can call that us 323-450-7408. Once again, for the Marys in the back, that's 323-450-7408. You can email us at askpleaseadvise at gmail.com. You can also send us voice notes there. We really like it. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Join those groups. It means a lot to us. That's where we post extra bonus content material as well. We're also on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash please advise. And we love it when you subscribe to us on iTunes. And preferably, you're doing it on both platforms. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all yeah, of yeah, the money. Double subs. Um, all right. You guys are amazing. Have a great week. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.